Welcome to the Spirituality for Normal People podcast. Of course, there aren't really any normal people, but every person has a spirituality, whether plumbers or politicians, firefighters or farmers, entrepreneurs or entertainers. I'm Matthew Bruff, pastor and author, bringing you tips, guidance, and practical advice for how to live out and keep the life in your relationship with God. You can find show notes, books, and more at spiritualityfornormalpeople.com. Welcome to episode 27 of the Spirituality for Normal People podcast. Thanks again for tuning in today. This is coming out a bit late uh, just because I was traveling. I was actually in Ottawa and uh, had a great time there um, doing some new church development coaching, actually. Uh, so working with a congregation just outside of Ottawa and uh, some met some really great people there uh, and... Uh, was an encouraging time for me as well to go out there and hopefully for them too. Um, so that was uh, that was a really uh, great time and great to see. I hadn't been in Ottawa for 20 years, and I think even when I was there 20 years ago, it was for meetings, and uh, I think we just drove past Parliament Hill when I was there and just kind of saw it. And so this time I actually got a chance to go and... Um, and just look around. If you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you probably you would have seen pictures of uh, of Parliament Hill and me standing in front of the Canada 150 sign that's there right now. Uh, also got a chance to walk around the National Gallery uh, on a day when it was free. We were really excited about that. Um, usually it's $15, but they were having a cultural day and it was free when we went in there um, and uh, got to see... Uh, well, the highlight for me was seeing a couple of the Monets that they have in the National Gallery in Ottawa. Uh, so yeah, that was a really great time, but it also meant that it kind of interfered with my podcast scheduling. So this one is coming out a few days late. Uh, and But this is a good one. Uh, today I have an interview with Bethany Jett. Bethany uh, is a friend of mine, and uh, we actually met about 18 months ago. Uh, at the only writers' conference I have ever attended, and since then uh, she was really encouraging when I met her, and uh, she actually um, she challenged me to try doing some Facebook Live videos, and I did and tried that out, and I'd always had a podcast kind of in the back of my mind, um, and after doing. A Facebook Live video every day for a month. I did uh, devotionals uh, on th on the Psalms. Went through the Psalms and did that, and just kind of talked about it out loud on on Facebook, on video. Um, after doing that, I I become a little more comfortable with that, and I thought maybe I can actually do a podcast. So in some ways, Bethany is responsible for this podcast even happening. So big thank you to her. Um, but yeah, we met 18 months ago at that writers conference and. We've continued a friendship, mostly talking about writing uh, and connecting regularly on an online uh, writer's chat that she helps to organize. Uh, and this um, in this interview, uh, she is really open, especially when we get to the end uh, about, uh, well, overall, really, she's open about her life and some of the struggles that she faces. And uh, at the end of the interview, she talks a little bit about a project that I think is a really interesting project, a book that came out last year called Through the Eyes of Hope, 
Um, and uh, also I should mention as well that since we recorded this, we recorded this a few months ago, actually. Um, but uh, Bethany is has founded something called the Serious Writer Academy. And so if, if any writers are listening to this, you might want to check that out. Um, and I, I put a link in the show notes today. So you can just go to spiritualityfornormalpeople.com slash Bethany. And, uh, and all the links are there, uh, including to that one, um, which is just an education platform for writers. So if anybody wants to go and check that out, um, you should go and go and see it, uh, because they're doing some really great things there to help uh, uh, people who are trying to uh, take their writing seriously, which is why it's got that name, Serious Writer Academy. So yeah, there's lots of courses there and um, different teachers that they've got um, and Bethany is one of the people who is running that website. Uh, so I encourage you to take a look. Anyway, in this interview, we talk about all kinds of things. There are things about mentoring and also some of the pressures of parenting. Um, but I, I think a lot of what we talk about, actually, even though we spend a lot of time talking about youth and teens and being a parent, a, a lot of it, I think, applies to anyone who is feeling stressed or worn down. Um and so, uh, so hopefully this is going to be uh, useful for anyone who's listening about those kinds of things. I did want to say as well that uh, this, this is a tough, tough week. And um, we are praying for uh, the city of Las Vegas, but also for all of the people whose lives have been affected by tragedy taking place there and the shooting that has taken place there. Uh, also in my country in Edmonton, um, there was, uh, uh, I guess a, sm a smaller scale, but still significant and unusual for that city to have, um, a terror attack take place on the weekend. Um, and, uh, and, you know, someone, driving into a police officer and stabbing a police officer and, um, and then hitting a number of people with a car, uh, that, uh, um, we're, we're praying for the people affected by, by both of these things. Um, and there continues to be people who are struggling because of natural disasters, hurricanes, um, in particular, uh, in this part of the world, well, North America anyway, and the Caribbean, um, and, and we continue to pray in all of those situations. And, you know, in some ways it's hard to know what else to do. I mean, there are, there are places you can donate and give and support. Um, and I'm sure there's people who are opening up their homes and their lives to, to the people who are struggling and suffering. Um, but you know, in some ways it's hard to know how to respond to all of this. Uh, for me, I, I simply go to God and it tr and and try to trust in God and I think that can be really hard. Um, and I was thinking today about one of the books that that I've written called "Let God Be Present" that came out this last May, and it's all about the presence of God. And the the third part of that book is a reflection on Mark chapter four verses thirty six to forty one, and, and then what comes after that. And that is the story of um, the disciples are in their boat with Jesus and there's a raging storm so much that 
the boat is being swamped and it's going to sink and the disciples are concluding that, that they're all going to die in this natural disaster. And Jesus is asleep in the boat on a cushion and they wake him up and, and say, uh, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And in the book, I, I kind of go a different direction with, with what's happening in the story, but but part of the reflection is about how we sometimes feel that way that, um, you know, is Jesus just asleep and why doesn't he do something? You know, don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you care that we're in this mess? And, um, you know, I, th- I think we can feel that way uh, a lot of the time. That story is is really about, I think, about fear and about faith. And, um, you know, do we trust in God? Do we trust in Jesus in the midst of struggle and difficulty? And although this uh, interview with Bethany was recorded uh, several months ago, uh, in a lot of ways, the interview is also about you know, how do you rely on God, trusting in God in times of trial or times of difficulty, whether those are really big things like um, a mass shooting. How, what does it mean to trust in God in the midst of that? Uh, or whether it is smaller things like uh, a chaotic household um, or really not knowing what to do in a situation as a parent, um, how do we go to God in the midst of that, in the midst of daily struggles as well, whether those are life-threatening things or whether they are um, the stuff of everyday life that that is starting to overwhelm us and making us feel like we're in a boat that is taking on water. Uh, so I, I don't claim to have answers here. And I know Bethany probably wouldn't claim to have the answers to all of this. Um, But hopefully in listening to some of these things, it reminds you uh, to take all of this and take what you're feeling, even that feeling of God, where are you? Take that to God. Um, If the disciples did anything right in the boat, uh, it was waking up Jesus and crying out to him. Uh, so I think, I think that's what we can do with, with this is to cry out to God. Even if that cry is God, where are you? I don't understand. Um, and then, and then hopefully we're able to, uh, maybe over time sense the presence of God or receive an answer from God in some way. I'll remind you that if these podcasts, if you find them helpful, uh, you can always leave a review on iTunes and uh, you can always support the podcast on Patreon. Um, Really the best way to do either of those is go to the show notes, uh, usually on a computer. You can do it on your phone as well. I just find it sometimes easier on the computer. Just go to spiritualityfornormalpeople.com slash Bethany 
and you can see the show notes and you can also see subscribe links. If you click on the iTunes subscribe link, it'll go right to the iTunes store and that's where you can leave a review. And if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see something that says support this podcast. And if you click on that, it'll go to the Patreon page and you're able to leave a financial contribution to help pay for things like equipment costs and hosting costs um, to keep the podcast going. And I do really appreciate the people who are supporting on Patreon and the people who are leaving reviews. Thank you so much for that. So I will let you, I'll get out of the way and let you listen to this interview with Bethany Jett. Thanks again for listening today. Today I have Bethany Jett on the podcast. Welcome, Bethany. Hey, Matt. <laughs> it is so great to have you on today. And uh, Bethany and I met at a writer's conference uh, by the time this goes on, it's, it'll be over a year ago. Um, and uh, it's just been great to get to know her a little bit over the last year. Uh, and and I'm so glad that you were able to come and join me uh, and talk about spirituality today. Uh, and uh, But I want to start with um, maybe just on, on your website, your tagline is Live Brilliant. And that's kind of your focus or becoming your focus, I guess. Uh, but can you tell me a little bit about, well, what does that mean? And, and kind of what do you do? <laughs> uh, um, and just for the audience to know a little bit more about, uh, about you. Well, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it so much. And I'm an author and speaker, former youth minister's wife, and um, now I'm getting a marketing degree, graduate degree, which is exciting. But um, the Live Brilliant has sort of become my platform for young women, especially just, I really feel like if you make better choices, then you can live a better life. I mean, a lot of times our story is a result of, we didn't make the decisions in the beginning and now we're living with consequences. So I'd like to get in there before those bad decisions are made and say, okay, let's do it this way. Or if they've already made a bad decision, there's better ways to get out of it. So it's like living brilliant. Every aspect of your life is where we're headed. Yeah. So you've done a a bunch of speaking with uh, with teenagers, but also maybe young adults and, and that kind of thing? That, yes. Yeah. It started out as a teen. My husband and I were in youth ministry for 10 years and sponsored, you know, volunteer youth ministry for years before that. So almost two decades for each right. of us. Um, but then my when my book came out, it was a dating guide for young women. So I, the, the marketing was to the moms. And then I became mm-hmm. the women's leader at my church. And God took me through this sort of leaving teens and going to women's ministry. But I have a heart for teens and college age, you know, up to early thirties, really. Sure. So can you tell me like, what is, what does live brilliant actually mean? Like I, I don't, when I see that, I'm not exactly sure, but cause I'm not a young woman. So <laughs> what, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but um, so I, what, what does that mean to you? Or what would you, how would you describe that for somebody? I feel like a lot of times people just sort of exist. And I think that you don't have to do that. I think if you're living in the purpose that God made for you, then it's then you can live brilliantly. It doesn't have to be mediocre. You can live this amazing, full, rich life here on earth. And then, and hopefully, you know, you're saved and going to heaven for this amazing eternity, but it doesn't have to be mediocre. It can be incredible. And a lot of that has to do with the choices that you make and the things that you do. Right. So some of that's like kind of about not settling as well. Right. Okay. Yes. Um, and then how do you, like, how do you see that connected to, to spirituality in particular? Or, or I, I'm really interested in sort of what do you do on a daily basis to connect with God? And I want to ask about your own, but also just how do you see, 
particularly for young people or young women, um, what kinds of things do they need to have in place to, to act as a support, I guess, spiritually for, uh, for them to be able to make better decisions in their life? I think it depends on the, the age range because the answer will be different for each one. But, okay. you know, any parents who are listening or teens, I think youth group can be a saving grace if you're in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. People who are your age who also love God because um, high school and middle school is so hard, especially if it's not Christ-based. So I think youth group is really important to get your kids into a really good one. And then if you're in college, when you're in college, if you go away to a university, you don't have that support system that you had at church. And so no one cares if you go to church or not. No one's following up or asking. And that was the first time I ever realized or had to ask myself, why am I going to church? Is it because I love God or was I going because I was a leader and expected and it was part of my social circle? I think getting accountability from someone at any level is important, whether it's youth group or um, a college advisor, a Christian advisor, friends. Sure, sure. Um, and then what does that look like in your own life, I guess? <laughs> I was scared um, of this question. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm very, when I hear the word spiritual, I don't think I'm very spiritual. I think I have a a very deep, intimate relationship with God. But I never, when I think of spiritual, I always think of something else that's not this- me. This is why you are like the perfect guest for this podcast, actually, um, because this because <laughs> this is why I started the podcast, because I don't think of my myself that way either. Like when I hear spirituality and, and this is like going way back, like now I'm getting and I'm getting better because I'm, I'm talking about it a lot. But I, going way back, I used to think spirituality was like, I don't know, like I would think of like Buddhist meditation or yeah. I would think of. Oprah, you know, like that would be sort of like, let's all have spirit together, but we're never actually talking about anything real. Um, I'm not trying to knock like Buddhist meditation, like (laughs) value, but, um, but you know what I mean? Right. Like I just always thought it was not really, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. It didn't really feel grounded. Every time someone talked about spirituality, I thought it was kind of loosey goosey. Like it was just sort of whatever. Like, I don't really know what you're talking about. That, that was sort of my response. Um, so I'm really interested though it now in trying to uncover like, well, and maybe you're not sure what it means for you now. Um, but then how do you, like, I'm interested in how do people connect with God in a real way? Um, and what does that look like in their life on a daily basis? And that's what I think spirituality is more about is not, not necessary. And there, and I think there really are practices that undergird that. Um, and trying to get at what those are. So that's kind of where, where I'm at. Um, so like I said, you might be the perfect guest because you're, you're maybe, you maybe have a similar reaction to me. It's just like, uh, I don't yeah. know. Like, what does that even mean? Spirituality. It is. Cause I, it's, it's funny how we don't define ourselves that way, but I mean, connecting with God for me was, it's not, I don't pray on my knees often or I'm not on my face often. Although there are times where I feel like I need to do that. And they're very mm-hmm. like specific moments um, but when I was in high school, my youth minister talked about the Holy Spirit and how you can either learn to listen to him or not. And I had never thought about having to learn to listen to him. So that became my mission is how do I learn to listen to the Holy Spirit? So really, I just mostly just talk to God throughout the day. It's really, it's not hardly ever formal unless we're praying with our kids or, you know, praying before dinner. I would consider that more of our formal prayer, but it's just, just throughout the day. It's just a constant sort of talking to him about things. Um, 
or <laughs> the other night, I've got three boys and I go upstairs for 10 minutes. I'm alone. My husband's at work and I come back down and literally it's 10 minutes and they were eating nicely and calmly and quietly. <laughs> and I come down and they have taken the ground turkey from their tacos and it looked like they threw it in the air like confetti. It is littering the tile floor. And then I see this smear on the wall, which I thought was pudding, but it turned out to be like French onion dip or something. Oh and they were throwing Cheerios at it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't take this anymore. You know, so it, like after I sent them upstairs, after cleaning it up, I just remember leaning on the kitchen sink and just saying, God, I need your strength. Those, it's times like that where I feel like the most spiritual. It's like I admitting like god i cannot do this anymore i need you because i have to get through this night with these kids and they have to have good memories of mommy's not a maniac because (laughs) they were naughty you know i can so i have some control over those memories they have of of their evenings and so sometimes that's the spiritual stuff is (laughs) the breaking points right well and this is real life right Yeah, like, I hope that this story gets told in millions of different ways so that they, when they're older, they'll say, I'm so sorry, <laughs> <laughs> mommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I think it's, it's kind of good to remember, though, that like that's God is actually in the midst of all of that. Like, yes. and, it, and God is in the midst of all that reality that you're facing. And, and I think one of the things that the fact that you go to God in the middle of a moment like that and just say, well, I don't even know how to respond to this or just get I'm me done. through this. <laughs> I'm done. And just being honest about your opinion and like how you're feeling about it. Yeah. Um, there's lots of people that don't, that don't actually do that. Like you've already, you've obviously had something that has kind of formed that within you, whether it's like upbringing or whether it was youth ministry or whatever, that is, that is kind of, that's, a, that's now, it sounds like that's a natural reaction for you. It is. And it, and it may, it may have come down to a conscious decision of just saying, I need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. I want to be very in tune. And I don't know that there's a formula for that. I think it's just, you just start, it's a lot of people say that voice or whatever, if you're a Christian, you know, it's the Holy Spirit, but just, and then listening and following through on that. It's, it's not yeah. so much my gut instinct. I think of it more as my Am I, what is God telling me? Sometimes he doesn't talk to you. Sometimes you don't know. Sure. I I, I was just going to say, like, I think it's important for parents also to hear that. Like, I I know some parents who it's just sort of, it's their life is so chaotic and they used to feel like they had a more spiritual in quotes life before kids, you know, maybe in young adulthood, their faith was more alive and then it's like, oh, now I have a house and I have a mortgage and I've got kids and I've got a job and life is crazy. And like, I guess maybe when my kids get older, I, I will maybe be able to reconnect with God again. But right now it's just not possible. What, what would you say to that? Because it kind of sounds like that's not where you are. I think it's a dangerous place to be to ever say I'll get back with God later. I think you have to do that now. And especially if you want to see your kids in heaven, you need to be modeling it. So I think there's a little bit of pressure, parental pressure, I think, that I feel. And I read a blog post, and this mom had a Bible journal, and she had a little girl. And so she had received two of these 
journal Bibles, which are really popular right now. And so she was deciding who to give it to. And she decided to give it to her daughter, who was maybe three. And so she, instead of doing her quiet time in the morning before the kids got up, she started doing a daily quiet time with her daughter. And so her daughter would pretty much just scribble in the, you know, the color lines, but it was a practice that would probably stay with her or hopefully she's laying the seeds of groundwork there. And so I don't do a daily devotion. It's like one of the Christian failings, like when you don't do your daily quiet time every day and like, oh, I didn't do it. I wish I did, but the days that I do it are amazing. And I know that like when I, you have your, like your Instagram cliche of like the Bible and your journal and the coffee cup, <laughs> it's like quiet. But I actually was listening to one of your podcasts last night and you do the same thing I do. I like to have my journal to, to just to write down thoughts, but then I also have my planner and I have my laptop because so much of the time, God brings things to mind that have nothing to do with like spiritual thoughts and like things, lists and things. And I'll write those down and get them out of my head right away. And that seemed to be better than, you know, trying to remember later. So I just kind of do it all at once. It's like, yeah, yeah. a God planning time. <laughs> well, and it sort of gets that out so that you're able to maybe focus on God a little bit better. Cause otherwise you're just sort of trying to remember like, okay, what do I have to get done today? And you're holding that in your mind at the same time that you're trying to read a verse of scripture <laughs> or pray. And that, yeah. that, that, that is, I find that really, really hard to do. Um, there was another interview too, that I think um, it, it came out, it came out yesterday, but like, this will be, this is recorded a, a little while in advance. So I think it was with Shannon Kaiser. Um, so if people go back to that one and that was really a good interview as well. Kind of a similar idea that, She's a mom. Her kids are a bit older. They're, I think they're teenagers and she has a few different jobs. So it's, there's a lot of chaos in her life. Um, but she, she kind of connects with God in a few different ways and it, um, and it's not, a she doesn't have these set patterns. Um, and it's sort of in the midst of everyday life. How does she find those moments where she's more aware of God's presence or she's hearing I don't think she used those words, but you're kind of using the voice of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. um, in the middle of things, as opposed to, I've got to have my set time that I'm setting aside, um, which I think is really valuable. Like I definitely set time aside, uh, yeah, but, I agree with that. but it's equally valuable. Like we're told to pray without ceasing. And I always used to think, well, that seems really impossible. Like, I don't know how to do that, but as I kind of think about my day, I'm often really just having this internal conversation with God for most of my day. Um, now, I don't, I don't know when that started happening, but I think it, it developed somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think you're right. I think it's important to have, to put God first. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that that, I'm saying that's a good thing to do and that's where I'm, where I'm trying to get to. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a process to get there, right? Like it's not, and, and you're never really there either. So like, it's just going to be a continuing process. Like <laughs> we're not Jesus. We're trying to follow Jesus and be like him as best we can. And, uh, but, but we're not him. So, right. um, so yeah, we're, we're hopefully on the road to perfection, but yeah, but certainly not there. Um, and, and thank God for God's grace in, in all of this too. Um, I think too, that kind of goes to the thing you said about, uh, you know, being parents. Um, and, and I like, I don't want Christian parents to feel pressure, um, for sort of the spiritual well being of their children. Like, I think 
that is a parental responsibility. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm starting to try to learn and maybe this will be harder as my daughter gets older, like, and gets closer to teenage years. Cause then it just gets really scary. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to learn that one of my jobs as a parent is to actually trust God with my daughter. And I, I think that's hard um, because, uh, yeah, I have responsibility for, for her to learn about God and to learn about learn prayer and, and all of that. But I think we can, we can get in a real mess uh, letting that weigh us down. I agree. Because at some point, they're responsible for the decisions that they make. You know, they, they are the ones accountable for their own eternity. And it's, it's scary. It's, yeah. it's trying to model it, I think, and let it be like the verse in Deuteronomy where it talks about um, just constantly talk about these things with your kids. Like, mm-hmm. so we try to do that. And like with prayer at night, like, you know, God is the one who gave us our jobs or, you know, we thank God for the money for your food. I mean, try to just very like, not everyone has this or even, with homeschool, you know, we've spent money on these books. Some kids don't even have books. They would trade places with you in an instant. Um, but that was a blessing God gave you. And what are you going to do with that? So we try to talk a lot about, I just want it to be a good foundation for them. So when they go, they have that to fall back on. And not right. my foundation, but a foundation that God is, the mommy and daddy <laughs> rely on for everything. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and I think, I think it's hard because our, like our perceptions of God as well are really shaped by, um, are really shaped by the the role models, like in particular parental role models. Right. Mm -hmm. So like who we understand God to be is often, uh, often, I mean, it's really related to how we understand our, who who our parents are for us. Mm -hmm. And so like people who come from, from difficult family backgrounds or abusive homes, like they just have a really, it can be a real challenge, right. To try to have a grasp of, well, who is God when my dad was the way he was. Um, But on the flip side, you know, people who are trying to raise their children in a Christian home and, and, and things are relatively healthy in the house. um, I like, I just don't want those folks to be sort of feeling like they're burdened with, like God is the one who has like ultimate responsibility for God's people. And I don't know, like I, there's some, there's something there. I haven't quite worked it out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like I, I maybe this is a difference as well. Cause we'll have, we'll have different theo, theo, theological bents. You and I, um, I, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what your Christian background is. Is it? I don't know. It's just um, like non-denominational. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's probably like uh, adult baptism and, like we're an infant baptism kind of church. Right, 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 right. right. So, right. Um, and so like our emphasis is so much on like, okay, so what is God doing here? And I know that like other denominations will emphasize very much like, okay, we want to make sure that people are making their choice for Jesus. And mm-hmm. that's where a lot more of the emphasis goes. And both of us say the same things, but it's just so, sort of more weight goes on one it's of the interesting. other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think my tendency is to try to, help people see that, okay, yeah, you want to make sure your kids are making a choice for Christ. Now I want that for my daughter too, but I also want to remind people that, well, God's got your children, Mm -hmm. you know? And so even if they go through a time where they seem to be walking away from God, like we have to sort of trust God in all of that somehow. 
you know, even if we don't see what's really happening. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to feel when my, when my daughter's older. Like I might just be a lot more like controlling. <laughs> <laughs> Please just go to youth group. Just do as I say. Like, I don't know. Um, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> we'll do another podcast when my daughter's 16, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, is there anything else that, that you do in your, in your own life that, uh, um, that helps you connect with God? Anything else that you haven't really mentioned? I, I liked listening to Gene Wise's podcast on the spiritual retreats and then the practice of journalism and thing or journaling, not journalism, <laughs> but I don't purposely journal, even though I'm a writer, right. just, so I don't know, like if you have like a list of like, or fasting, like that's something we've done once or twice, but nothing consistent. It's just sort of like when the times, there are times where you feel like I need something further than just this daily talking. Like, I feel like I need to show you, okay, I'm, I'm in this. This is serious. This is how serious I am about whatever request I'm making. I think that's when I tend to go towards maybe more of a spiritual thing, but I think spiritual retreats sound, sound really great. Yeah. Really just yeah. trying to, you know, read, read my Bible, try to read it every day. Um, and just praying consistently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what do you do in situations where like you've really, you've maybe gone through a time where you're in a rut or it's just sort of a spiritually dry kind of season. How do you come out of that or, or see yourself through that? The first one happened when I was, I had just come home from college and I didn't really know what was, what I was going to be doing. And I was working full time and it was just a time where I couldn't, feel God anymore. And it lasted for a while. And I didn't really know why. And I think in those times, the Bible says we can't trust our heart, like the heart is deceitful. So Hmm. the feeling, it doesn't matter if I feel him or not, he is still there. So it was really just saying, okay, I know that God hasn't moved. Have I moved? Or I don't know why I don't feel him right now, but I have to trust that what the Bible says is the truth. And that at some point this will come back. And so, you know, I used to drive an hour to church and it was Christian, contemporary Christian radio on Sunday mornings. I would just listen to that there and back. And I had probably better worship times in the car on the way to church than I did when I got to church. That became a consistent thing. Um, And then eventually it just ended and it was, there was no, I mean, it was just a time where I just didn't feel God and I didn't know why. And I still don't know why. That was one. So I was just listening to the radio. <laughs> that was like the one thing I could do. And then um, the second time was when we left full-time ministry because it, it became this difference between who God is and who the church is. And, and I was never angry at God. It was more, I no longer trusted the, what's the word for the big church? Not God's people. Like institutional but institu- church? Yes. <laughs> And no longer trusted the institution. That's growing up, growing up in a house where my dad used to be a preacher and Bible professor. So church has been in my life always. And that was just a couple of years ago. So it, um, we, we hid for a while. Like we couldn't go back to a small church for a while. We didn't go to church at all. And we would just listen to different podcasts or sermons like Andy Stanley. And um, it was like, we had to find a church that was big enough to where we could just kind of sit in the back and nobody would talk to us. Hmm. And that, that took a while to, of the jadedness. And then finally God said, you're done hiding and it's time to come back. And, and that was just what he said. And so that's what we're doing now. And now it's great. And I mean, that time of 
needing to be away from the institution part of church ended. And I think sometimes people need to do that. I think it's kind of scary because what if you don't go back? Right. Um, so it's not something I'm just saying, stop going to church. But we need, we need to, and we did, whether it was right or wrong. Um, we prayed about it a lot and now we're back. So yeah. just being willing to go back. Yeah. And I, I think like how, like I'm a pastor. So I, I mean, I, and I hear people kind of saying, okay, they need to step away from church, organized church. Yeah. And then organized. come back like that kind of makes me anxious. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Probably makes them anxious too. Um, we but, that so I'm not exactly sure what to do with that. Like, I, like I hear what you're saying, but then, and your story's good. Like you heard God kind of say, okay, yeah, you need to get back. And you were obedient and, and did that. But I think there's lots of stories where that doesn't happen. I think right? so. I think the difference, well, maybe not the difference, but I think one thing that I know at least I always had in my mind was this isn't forever. And if it ever feels like forever, I've taken it too far. Mm-hmm. Like I have to, and, and God probably did want me to go back to church and I wasn't doing it. So I'm not saying he just said, it's okay to not go to church, but for a while we just couldn't. Mm, yeah. And it, like what other support or accountability did you have in your life kind of during that time? Or did you have? Yeah, I had a couple of close friends who knew the situation and mm. I would just tell them like, this is where we are. And, and, but they would always say, they would always encourage us to go back. So I think, you, you have to find somebody who tells you what you don't want to hear. Cause I, I could have talked to other people who, who also had been jaded or whatever. And they would have been like, forget it, you know, like not worth it. And yeah. but I, I chose two people who are very strong in their faith, older than me. And I knew that they would tell me to get my act together. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the first things you mentioned, like right off the bat, I don't know what I was asking, but you kind of mentioned accountability or, or other people right away. So that's kind of why I'm asking that is to come back to that. And maybe that's an important, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe that's an important theme for you in terms of your spirituality is maybe having community. Um, I don't know. Well, when I was the women's, um, the women's leader for a couple of years at the church, I was also the youth minister's wife. And so I wanted to kind of bridge the two because the teenagers wouldn't go to the women's meetings, even though that they were welcome and they probably would have learned a lot. So we did a thing called, we called it rubies and pearls. And it was based on the verse in Titus where it talks about, you know, the older women need to train the younger women. Mm-hmm. And I really think there's, I think it's a biblical mandate. It's not something we can ignore, although a lot of times we do. And so my encouragement was, so we paired them up. We paired everyone who was 40 and younger up with somebody who was 41 and older. And we tried to keep the, you know, the ages pretty close to our teenagers with like the 45 year olds and stuff. But I think you need to find, you need to find somebody who is older than you, who has more life experience, who has a deeper walk with their faith with God than you do, and who won't be afraid to tell you when you're messing up. And it can be just one person, but that's Mm -hmm. the person you go to when you're having a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me too, like when I, when I was a teenager, I had a couple of really interesting experiences um, with some of the actually quite very elderly people in my congregation. Um, and I found out like I, I would get asked to like read the Bible on like in worship or, you know, if the youth were doing something in the worship service, we were in a small church, like, you know, a hundred, hundred people or so. And so 
like when the youth did something, it would often be like the youth are taking over the entire worship service and there's some drama or whatever that we're going to do. And so I always would have a role in those things. Um, and I found out like one of the elders of the church who was officially an elder, but also like one of the oldest people in the congregation. Um, she, I found out one time she, she would always smile at me. We'd never really spoken. And, um, and then I don't know, somehow we ended up talking one day and I found out that she was scared to talk to me because I was, you know, tall and like 17 years old and a teenager with like shaggy hair and and I was often up front in the church and she's like well you you seem like kind of important in the church like so she didn't want to she was worried to talk to me and I saw her as like you are like ultra important in the church like when we had communion the elders used to go up and sit all up, all up at the front and she would often be the one who would like hand the the cup to the minister and you know, so I was like, wow, like you're like, there's God and then there's the minister and then there's you. Like that's, that's right. kind of in my mind as a teenager, that's what I thought. So I was scared to talk to her. Um, but I don't know how it got, how it happened, but you know, we didn't end up having this deep relationship. She wasn't necessarily the person I would go to with problems, but I still remember her as having this impact on my faith once we did start talking. And she was one of the people who you know, encourage me to think about going into ministry and, and all that kind of stuff. So, and I think sometimes like our young people are kind of afraid of the old people, but they don't also realize that the old people are sometimes afraid of them. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you can talk, you don't have to have necessarily things in common. Like we have Christ in common. Right. And I like, I don't know. Like, I just think some of those, that's so good that you guys did that. Um, and whether it's, whether it's like close in age or really far apart in age, I think some of those things can make a huge difference. And, uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta empower people like young and old and men and women, like either, either ones. So, yeah, the adults that we would want to be, we call them sponsors, but really, you know, volunteers in the youth ministry, they would always say, oh, not really like, I'm not cool. I think that was always like their big hang up. And I'm like, um, Justin and I are not cool. Well, Justin's kind of cool. I, my husband's cool. <laughs> I'm not cool. <laughs> and they don't care about that. Like the, the adults that come in who try to be cool, they're lame. Do you know what I mean? Right, like they right. do not respond to them. But they really respond to strong adult figures, mostly because a lot of them don't have it at home. And so the more normal and not cool that you were, the right. seemed to be the better sponsor volunteer you were because you could yeah. be real with them and listen. Yeah, my parents were really involved. Like they were my youth leaders. They were really involved in the in uh, the wider youth ministry, mm-hmm. and uh, I know they listen to my podcast too. But they're they're not they're not really that cool. <laughs> <laughs> so they can, they'll, they'll 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 listen to this and and I'll get a text or a phone call from them right away. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, when we would drive yeah. places, I'm not really cool either. So, but I. I, I I always tell the kids, like, when we would split up for trips and things, you got to choose the van you're in. Like, yeah. this is the no fun van, you know? And they would pile <laughs> in my van. And I'm like, well, I set you up with the expectation that we're not going to have fun. Right. We would always have fun, right. you know? <laughs> That's because they know. You actually are cool, Bethany. Like, everyone wants to be your friend. I, I know it. Like, that's... Uh, <laughs> but. Like that's uh, we got to encourage each other. Yes, we do. <laughs> cool, you are. <laughs> oh, Matt, this is cool. Podcast. We've, we've maybe taken like a downward spiral here. Like, <laughs> okay. it's 
supposed to be talking about these high spiritual things. And now it's like, well, who's cooler than him? Our non-cool factor. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll pull us back to, to something else here. I do want to ask you about a couple of other things. Um, one, I, and I hope this is okay to kind of, kind of go into this a little bit. Um, your husband is, uh, in the military now yes. and, uh, and I know he's, uh, often overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not just kind of trying to live, live brilliant and live, uh, kind of an entrepreneurial life and kind of being a writer and that kind of stuff. Also homeschooling three boys and, um, <laughs> and then often like large sections of time months of, uh, of him being away. Mm-hmm. Um, so without kind of, I, I kind of want to just ask like how, we're talking about connecting with God and you know, some people could be in your situation and, and kind of end up being in a lot of despair. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, I, I don't know what, where do you find your strength? I guess. <laughs> um, it sounds cliche, but literally, literally from God. And um, I would have said that I trusted God in everything before this and I, I'm sure that I probably did, but I think he takes you into deeper levels where you have to trust even further. And that's just sort of, it is the end all be all. It's just no matter what happens, you know, then God. Right. Right. Yeah. Like that's a, I, I know it can be super tough and I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's away right now. Right. Um, so I know it's kind of uh, an emotional thing to talk about. So uh but I appreciate you kind of being willing to, you said, talk about anything you want. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but has that been like, have there been times where that's just been more difficult? Like, has that caused you to sort of, has that driven you closer to God, do you think? Or have there been times where that's kind of just made you feel like you're farther away? Closer for sure. Yeah. And going back to church, It really helped. You know, we found our joy again, you know, in God. So, yeah. And that had been taken away while we were still in ministry. So mm. it's like I see God in um, not a new light. Like I said, uh, my relationship with him is very, it's very deep. Like I have... I don't doubt who he is, but it's kind of learning that he will do what he says he does every single time. Yeah. And, um, you know, no matter what happens to Justin, we'll be okay because God will take care of us even if the tragic, you know, happens. So I hope people can understand me when I'm crying. No, okay. But, uh, but I think that's why it's important to, to teach your kids. That's why it's important to even if you're going through a time where you feel like you can't go to church, at least you never let go of that connection with God and you go back because he's the only one who can get you through. It's really not your strength at all. My strength is usually gone by four o'clock, you know, with the kids during the day. And then it's just God getting me through it for the rest of the day. Yeah. You know, maybe I should start calling on him at 10 a.m. <laughs> like, to get me through, but definitely. That's actually really good. Like, I don't want people to, to miss that and gloss over that. Like I kind of asked a question, like, where do you find your strength? And you're answering the question by saying, well, really it's not my strength. 
it's not my strength at all. Right. Nice. And that's not like the humble brag or anything. That's like, this, that's legit. <laughs> right. <laughs> the ground turkey taco confetti is just <laughs> the icing on the cake. <laughs> for, Hopefully you know. not literally the icing on the cake, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I really, I, I really appreciate you um, being willing to kind of, to talk about that a little bit. Um, and, uh, and I'm continuing, I'm continuing to pray for, for Justin and uh, safety and for, for your sanity too, <laughs> trying to manage everything. Um, I also wanted to add this kind of totally shifting gears too, but, um, you were involved in a really interesting project last year. Um, I think, uh, a, a book called through the eyes of hope, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, that is a really, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to read it. Um, but, uh, it just seems like an amazing story, um, that there might be a number of people who know about it. Um, but I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that project and what it was, um, and, uh, and maybe how people can, can find the book or find the website. Um, but also just what your involvement in it was as well. Um, I was the the ghost writer. Um, my name's on the cover, so that makes me the collaborative writer, which is really the only difference <laughs> between the two. Sometimes you get cover credit, sometimes you don't. It was a blessing to, to be on the cover. Um, but this is the story of, um, I got it right here. It's the story of Lacey Buchanan, who uh, found out she was pregnant with her husband. And Shortly into the pregnancy, they knew something was wrong with the baby, but they really couldn't tell for sure exactly how bad it was, just that there was some sort of issue with like his cleft palate, but they could never see the whole side of his face. And so she, it's her story of faith, really. Um, but even more than that, anybody can read this book who's had going through any kind of struggle. And I promise you will walk away with like tangible ways to increase your faith with God. But when he was born, it was much worse than what they had expected. And he's, I think it's one in 50 cases in the U.S. about how severe this, um, it's Tessier cleft palate and the classifications are rare. And so she had to deal with not only the grief of not having a child who was perfect and whole, which is what they had expected, but now learning how to be the mother of a child who really needed her in special ways. But then there was this public outcry as well, because he, he looks very different. He doesn't have eyes and there's a lot of tissue and scars. And so she'd get comments from kids, from adults, mm-hmm. um, people telling her she should have aborted him, that he's worthless, yeah. that his life means nothing. He's a monster. Ter- and even worse, I mean, some of the things we weren't even allowed to put in the book, things that she had been told. Wow. And it, um, But he he's an amazing kid. And so when she... Um, she made a YouTube video. She didn't have a YouTube account. She didn't wasn't really on social media and just made this video in response to after a while of hearing these things and just told her story with Christian, which is her son. And it went viral. It got picked up by God, uh, in God tube or one of those sites for mother's day, got picked up by a lot of networks. And as they're struggling with, with insurance companies, trying to get the surgeries that he's going to need, um, they end up being on the doctor's TV show out in California. Lots of media attention. And, um, and that kind of helped get the care that he needed. God used that, but it's the tagline is really love more, worry less and see God in the midst of your adversity. And mm. she's, she's my hero, Lacey Buchanan. And I tell her this, but 
I read the story after even writing it and still will cry and still feel encouraged. And I, as a mom, I feel like, okay, if Lacey, if Lacey is going to do this today, I can get up and I can make the kids breakfast or, you know, like I have nowhere near, even as busy as I feel like I am, I have nowhere near what she does every single day. So I encourage everybody to read it. You will, you will see God in a new way and, um, and hopefully just feel like you're not alone too. Right. right. It's an amazing story. Yeah. Did you, like, what did you learn working on the, on the project? And you kind of said a little bit, but. Um, really, I, I was, it was a lot about how to be, um, how to really live out your faith. I, I saw that in Lacey. She, she truly, she's so vulnerable with her struggles in the beginning about how hard it was and then how God sort of like toughened her skin to certain things where it doesn't phase her anymore. She is, she went through a, a very long time about being very angry with God over the whole thing. And then she had this moment where he started shifting her heart. And, and I just learned it strengthened my faith. I've not gone through something like she's gone through, but yet it's still strengthened my faith. Um, some of the things that she did while she was trying to reconnect with God, like she, she has Bible verses on index cards all over her house. And she said she had to do that. She had to have a tangible reminder that no matter what she was feeling, God was who he is and he will do what he says he'll do. And she would find them at these times where it's like God knew she needed to write that down six months ago and hide it in a drawer. And then she would find it at exactly the right moment that she needed that verse. And sometimes that was what would get her through is that scripture. And so she literally filled her house with it. That's just one of the things that she did. And, um, and again, it's just... She, I, you want to find strength from God and God's using Lacey to show how you can find strength in him. And sometimes I think if Lacey can do this, I can get up and do this. You know, right. I'm not too tired yeah. Yeah. To, to take care of these things. Yeah. That's awesome. She's a fighter. So where can, where can people find that, find that book? Um, it's all a lot. Over the place, I'm assuming, but. Yeah. So it's not a lot. Um, it's always going to depend if in a bookstore where that, you know, what area, what some bookstores yeah. pick it up, some don't, but Barnes and Noble, um, christianbooks.com is one. Amazon has copies and usually sometimes Amazon will go on sale, Kindle books. Um, sure. a lot of Christian bookstores will have it too. Okay. Okay. Um, is there, is there a website for the, for the book itself? Do you know? I think it's through the eyes of hope.com. Okay. And we just released the devotional. There's a 40 day devotional that released yesterday. It's called 40 days of hope. Um, okay. so that's a shorter read. It, it kind of corresponds to, to the book. It's, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> you wrote it. It's probably great. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. I haven't, I haven't looked at it yet. So, um, but yeah, I'll put, I'll put links in the show notes to all of that. So if we don't have quite the right links that we're saying here, we'll, we'll make sure that those show up on the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, where can, where can people find you online as well and some of the other stuff that you might be working on? I'm all over social media. And so the best way to access social media probably is my website, um, bethanyjet.com. And it's jet with two T's. And then there's the links, you know, to social media there. Yeah. And then Twitter, Facebook. Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, everywhere. Instagram. I was on Snapchat for a while, but then Instagram sort of stole like a lot of their ideas. So now I'm right. over on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I won't get you started on talking about social media because we might be here longer than we really need to be. That could so, be like an all day affair. That's right. <laughs> all right. Um, thank you so much, Bethany, for being on today. Um, you have such fantastic energy and um, 
And I'm, I'm really appreciative of you uh, honestly sharing about your life and some of the struggles with God and also the joy that you have in God. Um, so thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for having me. I hope you found today's episode helpful. Don't forget to check out the show notes at spiritualityfornormalpeople.com. There you can sign up to get the free short guide called Six Tips to Get Consistent in Connecting with God. And when you do that, you'll also get the latest updates and news from the blog, plus book announcements and anything else I may be working on. So head over to spiritualityfornormalpeople.com and sign up. Thanks for listening today and take care.